Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Opinion, The Good Fight Podcast. This one different from the others we have done up until this point. This is our in-betweener episode. We are looking back on season one, and we are looking forward to season two, and we do that through two distinct ways. In the first half, we're going to have our season winners and losers, where we will discuss those as we go around Robin's style, uh, introducing our winner for the season or our loser for the season in any particular order, and then we're going to switch to what I am calling the Reddick, Bozeman, and Colts that present the, in my opinion, Stone Cold Locks for season two. If you have listened to any of the other podcasts that we have done, then you know uh, this system. You are familiar with the Stone Cold Lock system, and it, all it is is predictions for things that we think are going to happen for season two. I'll explain that in more detail once we get to that section. For now, I'm the host, Mike Marbeck, and I'm joined by Tia Kemp. Hello. King Cobb. Hello. Jack O'Keefe. Hello. And Molly Scullion. Hello. Hello. So, first half, season winners and losers. We just finished watching all of season one last week. And I want to hear who you got for winners and losers. And we can do this in any order. So I want to start first. We'll do um, Tia. You can do winner or loser. You choose. My, I'll, I'll go, go, I'm going to go with my winner. Okay, here we go. My <laughs> All right. My winner for season one uh, would have to be black lawyers and black law firms, because I personally have never seen anything like this on television. And even when I tried to Google like television, black lawyers, um, like nothing. I think they mentioned like L.A. law, but it might have been an episode. Um, And then uh, also just the fact that if you do see a lawyer on TV, it's usually, they're usually tokenized. I think back to The Good Wife, um, the episode with the interview, I had to look mm-hmm. her name up again, Monica Timmons. When, so the fact that they had a representation of a, someone who was trying to be a black lawyer and it was like, oh, you're from Baltimore. It must be dangerous. I've seen The Wire. So to go from that to where we are this season with The Good Fight and the representation and the leadership and the diversity within the black uh, law firm, black law firm, and black community. I love it. Those are my winners, and congratulations to all the black lawyers who obviously listen to this podcast religiously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Right up there with the kings. Uh, great. Anybody have anything to add to Tia's winner? Anybody want to disagree? <laughs> yeah. Anybody want to disagree? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna just step in here for a moment. <laughs> Um, no, I do want to say like, um, and I don't know if you had that same experience, Jack, but like watching it coming off of the good wife and uh, like seeing them kind of back to back was mm-hmm. so nice. Cause it was like, you, you get taken right into that world and it's like, oh, okay, this is we're we're, we're completely, you know, not ne- necessarily fully flipping the script, but mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is a big, a big change, a big 180, which was really I nice. think, yeah, and I think it's even a rarity amongst spinoffs where I feel like a lot of spinoffs mm-hmm. will like take a popular character and sort of put them in their own world where with The Good Fight, we are examining the exact same world that we looked at in The Good Wife, but from a different and unique to the show perspective. Uh, and that's, yeah, very rare and very appreciated. And I think really kept this from being just like, you know, the new adventures of old Christine Baranski. 
uh, and being a, like a fully fleshed out, like worthy successor to the good wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go over to Molly. Okay. Um, I, I'll start with a winner too. I, I had a, a couple, but I, my, my main one I've decided is Adrian. I, mm-hmm. because I just think that the entire season he first of all is just you you, you never are really angry at him or at least I didn't have that experience at any point in time as a as a viewer which I think gained him some some big points um and he gets a lot of things going his way he gets a lot more business on in his firm he's in with Diane in a way that Barbara is not like Mm -hmm. things are going his way he got the Carl Reddick stuff all situated I just feel like there was a lot of a lot of wins consistently for Adrian throughout the throughout the season. So he's my he's my all time. Yeah. Anybody have anything to add? I like Adrian. Um, but that being said, he's such a big character on the show. I am also I'm really anxious. This is not a lock or anything, but I'm just anxious to see more of his backstory and his family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he got a boo. What's going on? So mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's definitely a winner and very charismatic and striking steel scene stealer. He is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, then let's go over to Jack. Uh, I'll start with a, a loser. Cause we've had two winners in a row. Uh, and, and I want to place the caveat that I think there are multiple kinds of losers. There is like the kind of loser that is like, Oh, you are here by your own choices. You made bad choices every step of the way. Yeah but I'm going to go for more of like the tragic definition of loser of just someone who has lost something for reasons outside of their control. And I'm going to go with Barbara uh, Mm -hmm. because I think there is, and again, I'm not going into uh, spoilers, but I think Barbara has a fear of something happening that she is absolutely justified in having, Mm -hmm. but that is ignored by her law partner. Uh, and we see the way that this affects her, that, that it creates, you know, something of, of a moral crisis that she can't speak up about because she does have to worry about being able to get the money to run the firm. Sure. Um, but to be in the position that she is in, to be a name partner of this firm that she has built and having to be told, we're going to give the white woman a couple more weeks to get those hundred thousand dollars in. Uh, I can only imagine the frustration that comes with that, not even targeted as like, at like Diane, like Lockhart specifically, but just that like she built something, it was hers and it was everything she wanted it to be, but came up against the tragedy with so many institutions that if you let a good thing be alive long enough, something's going to go wrong at some mm-hmm. point. And yep. I think that's what we saw her feel throughout the entirety of the season. Yep. 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 Anybody have anything to add? All right. Uh, then let's head on over to Keen. Uh, so I'm a, a bit of a, hope I'm using this word right. I'm a bit of a quagmire at this moment because uh, my winner was taken and my loser was taken. <laughs> uh, so let's let's backtrack and let's go with um, a potential loser that I really didn't think of. And I think it's there, uh, but I think 
this person has lost more than you might believe. And I'm going to go with Lenore. I think she's the loser of hmm. this season uh, because, um, like, like, like Jack was saying earlier, through her own means, she lost her fortune or soon will will soon lose that if, if they're not already like um freezing assets and stuff or i think they have that done that already mm-hmm. um lost her husband uh because he's on the run with some guy that looks like a guy that should not be coaching kids um lost or in the process possibly losing her daughter uh not only from the frustration of what her and her husband did but now physically uh, if um, if she gets if Maya gets like um, gets uh, convicted, and she lost a boo fang. I mean, she had uh, Jax with her with his hairy hobbit feet, and mm-hmm. now that's gone because <laughs> she was like, you know what? I'm gonna dedicate myself. I'm gonna dedicate myself to to pizza and and my family, and that's what we're gonna do. But now it's your back. Uh, it's, it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> So oh for for my loser for this season, uh, I'm gonna go with Lenore. Yeah, I could see her being a, a loser for the season. Not one I care about. Uh, in terms of <laughs> what she's, I just mean in terms of what she's she's lost. Like it's, it, it, as we would say, it's hard to feel sorry for somebody like that. Oh no, I'm mm. not saying that at all. Oh, no, no. Like yeah, I know. Like the definition of losing, <laughs> this woman has mm-hmm. lost a lot. So for yeah. sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that brings us to me. Uh, I'm going to go with my winner, and that is Elsbeth Tassioni. Mm. Uh, Elsbeth, who came into the season uh, like a whirlwind and just cleaned up, uh, took out one of the big villains of The Good Wife uh, in mm-hmm. her first storyline. And we know he's coming back. That's That's fine. But just such a naturally fun, charismatic character, the quirkiness. Uh, maybe it didn't play with Kevin Pollock's judge, but I'm on board. Yeah, I just think uh, Elsbeth Tassione, back in the good verse and in the way that she did with such a such a villain in Mike Christiva and the way that she dealt with everything and just kind of took him, right, went right in on him into his house and everything. So I'm going with Elsbeth Tassione as my season winner. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, El- sign. <laughs> yeah, Elspeth could easily. I, I feel like, um, what is it? Well, she she could be like a back to back winner because she would she be your winner for the Good Wife? One of those. Uh, I don't want to say too much there, only for for Keen who has oh is, is still new. Quick, gotcha. quick, quick question. Back. I'm not I'm not going into like my my, my uh, winner just yet, but like, could you see? Elsbeth carry her own series like that character. No, I, I have a feeling that that actress she can. I think she can. She can do it. But can that character carry an entire series, or would it end up looking? Which this is a great series, but I think it would kind of be similar to Monk a little bit, mm-hmm. or even That'd like House and Monk. Yeah. Okay. House of Monk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I I don't watch either of those shows. So who is Elsbeth between House and Monk? Is she House or Monk? She's, She's closer to Monk, I think. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's back to me with the loser of the season. And I'm going to go pairs very well with my winner. Uh, and that is Mike Christiva. Can't stand him. Mm-hmm. Hate his guts. <laughs> but so well played by Matthew Perry. 
for that reason. He is the loser. He lost his job or he, he lost that assignment at least. Uh, we know he's going to come back, but the way that Elspeth handled him was just pretty embarrassing from a per- on a personal level and a professional level, the way that everything was uh, uh, dealt with. So, Mike Restiva, you are my loser for the season. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Wait, what's, our, <laughs> what's our sound for loser? Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that I takes think, us to Keen. Yeah. Um, so my, oh shit. Oh yeah. Winner. Uh, so my winner, uh, is kind of similar to Tia's, um, and Tia great winner because as a, as a former high school, uh, black lawyer, uh, I did very well in teen court. I was the best uh, male advocate. (laughs) I I have an award. It was great. Anyway, my winner is kind of a broad, a broadscape or broad view of it. My winner is every <laughs> possible guest star of the Good Wife, yeah. because yeah. they have a locked-in gig eventually mm-hmm. in the Good Fight. Uh, because based on the excitement I've seen in your faces and your voice, people that well, I'm the only one that hasn't uh, watched the Good Wife. So the fact that if you did anything on the Good Wife, they'll find a reason to pull you back in uh, for the Good Fight. So that's definitely a uh, winner in my book. Mm-hmm. I will say as an addendum to that big old asterisk, unless you're Juliana Margulies, the titular good wife. They they did ask back, uh, but they were trying to pay her like guest star money. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you're bringing Alicia Flora back, she's getting Alicia Flora money. That is the good wife right there. Yeah. Right. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, CBS, pay up. I know you got that Big Bang money. You got that young Sheldon money. All right, you don't need that. <laughs> Which is also Big Bang money. Big Bang money, I guess. That's why LA money. Yeah. <laughs> CSI, all of it. Um, Survivor. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that is. yeah. Tap into Jeff Probst's wallet. Yeah, come on. <laughs> They're giving a million dollars away a year to a stranger. They can't just <laughs> yeah. give that. Julian, come on, Jeff. At least, at least yeah. a Pontiac Aztec. I mean, at least that. I mean, oh, that was the first. <laughs> that was the first prize, the very first Survivor. That's the only one I can wow. think of. But yeah, yeah, Pontiac, right? Wow. Yeah, uh, I believe that's me. Yeah, uh, and I have my winner, which I, I think is actually does pair very well with my loser because uh, my winner's success is very emblematic of. Uh, the losses of my loser, and that is Marissa Gold, mm. who uh, mm. through the past couple seasons, even like we when we first meet her in season two of The Good Wife, uh, she has very much been a very, you know, typically listless millennial for a couple seasons of television, not being certain of what to do. You know, she's been a, a campaign aide. She was in an army she uh, worked at a smoothie shop for a little bit. And now it seems that she has finally found something that she wants to do. She's being headstrong. She's like being successful at it. She's putting in the work. She's got people on her side. It just so happens that it is the worst possible optics given the entire context <laughs> of the situation. And that she is treading a course through territory that was designed for people that don't have the same courses that she has, um, which I think is 
and again, a success for her as a character. She's coming out on top, but just a, a very interesting dynamic that I think the show is is hinting at and like making little pushes at. And I'm excited for the chance that they will really get to dig into that. Okay. Um, some of my, my top tier losers have already been discussed. So I'm going to go to sort of a, a secondary one that I had on my list, which in talking about the Marissa stuff was Jay. I, mm. yeah, I think he's, he didn't have like any major losses, but there was just this slow burn throughout the entire first season for him that I didn't really realize the first time I watched it, that it lasted as long as it did. I just think like you actually, if you look back on the season, we don't really see him succeeding at his job much. We see him doing his job, but like, and and not to his fault. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's very good at what he does, but we don't get to see him be good at it for the most part. There, there are mm-hmm. these moments that pop up, but so much of it is centered around um, Marissa coming in and like, you know, you know, having some sort of like, you know, is it, I, I was going to say Rain Man moment and then I realized I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, but, but like that, but um, that she, she would just like sort of have these, these lucky moments of, of figuring things out and, and Jay's there. Um, and I, I know Mike mentioned that we're referring to, uh, Tia was referring to Marissa's Manifest Destiny. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man- manifest, manifest Marissa. Manifest Destiny <laughs> Marissa. Yeah. Um, which, I, yeah, and I think it, it, it just really struck me rewatching this season and, and dissecting it each week. Like, yeah, he, he, he does not get his moment to shine, like, mm-hmm. at any point. You know, you know you like him, but he never gets that moment. So, anybody have anything more to add? It's a good. I one. just want to just give Jay a shout out because he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's, fine. Good, he's he's easy on the eyes in the in the whole good verse, in my opinion. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay here we go. Loser. I don't know why I did a. <laughs> okay. My loser is Helene York. Mm. Helene York, you may be asking, who is that? That is the actress <laughs> that plays Amy in okay. The Good Fight. <laughs> I was legit like, wait, why does that name not tell me at all? Uh, Tia, if you had said your winner was Amy, I'd still have been like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for me, if... If, if I was Helene York, I would be so excited that I got cast to be a part of the show. And that excitement would slowly go into disappointment uh, when I get the script every week. And I see that I'm not, I'm nowhere. Imagine being Helene York and showing up to a table read, <laughs> just sitting there. And then when you do say something, it don't even track. It's like, wait a second, ain't Maya my boo? Ain't Maya the main person? Isn't this whole situation surrounding like the love of my life that I meant when she was 17 going on 18 and I'll say not okay uh I'll just I'll just sit here and enjoy my bagel so um Helene York is the season one loser and possibly the season two three four and five loser. <laughs> yeah those those deliveries of the sides for each episode just getting thinner and thinner until they just like then the calls didn't even come 
man. No more deliveries. <laughs> I will say this, this show, this series, it plays the long game because we met Michael Boatman as Julius back in, I think, like season one of The Good Wife. Sure. Never really got a shot. And then they were like, well, we're doing the new one. Michael, you want to come back? Yeah. yeah. She's going to come back as attorney general or something. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised nobody picked Diane uh because i mean as either (laughs) i mean initially like um she had everything planned out and then literally lost everything in a heartbeat in the first in the first episode but she built it up she came in uh stomping stomping through (laughs) stomping through that uh that office um got uh isn't she like an unnamed partner now um or soon to be named partner or whatever um got brought in the money for um what it was it chum chum hum or, or mm-hmm. hum? Chum okay hum, yep. um got uh being besties with adrian now uh got a boo back uh decide to yeah. save her car engine's battery and turn it off and <laughs> hang out with her with her her husband legally i, think, I don't think i ever got the divorce so with her husband mm-hmm. uh so i think she she legit cleaned. I mean, she got her her goddaughter a job. Uh, yeah. She cleaned up, and she cleaned up the season. Mm-hmm. I think this season of the Good Fight has uh, what I call Buffy syndrome, which is that I don't know how many of you have watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but if you've ever talked to someone who's watched that show, none of them's favorite character is Buffy. No one's favorite character is Buffy. Yeah. I would also call this Harry Potter syndrome because no one's favorite character is Harry Potter. You know, mm-hmm. I think that Diane is a great character uh, that they surround with a bunch of like, not necessarily flashier because it sounds like an insult, but very big characters that they need to make an immediate impression with you because you're probably less familiar with them than you are Diane. And so I think while she is like a very interesting story this season, I would agree that like, yeah, she doesn't really, despite being the central focus of the show, doesn't really pop in the way that like Adrian does. Yeah. I don't I agree with that. I don't, I don't know why this immediately popped in my brain, but as you were going through with like the main character not really being seen that way, you know who was the initial main character of Family Matters? Carl Bleepin' Winslow. It was supposed <laughs> to be his show. Him oh, being yeah. a cop and handling his family? Nope. I just turned into Urkel's show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. Um, I kind of have Diane, like, I have my secondary winner was also, like, a broader group theme of the season, and Diane is included in that. Mm-hmm. Shall I go on? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go on, go yeah, on. Okay, yeah. okay. So uh, my secondary winner was uh, the 60-plus group population community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, so, you know, I mean, I don't, just thinking about, like, what could life be like when you're 60-plus? What you doing with your life? What's going on? And I got a glimpse into that world, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I have not been watched. I didn't watch Golden. I'm not one. And the group that group of people that's like, I watch Golden Girls. I watched it when I was like very, very like a toddler probably. And I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I loved just watching people hook up. I watched, I love seeing uh, Louis Gossett Jr. come back and mm-hmm. do his thing as Reddick. Uh, I love 
you know, Kurt's looking good for an older dude. Adrian's looking good for an older dude. It's like, it's made me not necessarily look forward to getting older, but seeing all these people, even some of the judges and stuff on The Good Wife who's 60 plus, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be living my best life. And I might hook up with somebody who still looking fine, their knees working, you know, got good, good skin uh, from watching the good fight. So I think that's a, that's a bigger winner. And so Diane is included in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I apologize. I'm going to take a little bit of a soapbox against a former employer of mine for a second. I tried to write about that exact thing for a website that I shall not name called bustle.com. <laughs> When they were doing, they they were like, we want to have a big Good Wife finale article. Jack, you're the guy. And I was like, great. Here's an article about things I learned from the Good Wife. And one of the major points was that, yeah, you get you you can be hot and have sex after 60. No other TV yeah. show tells you that for the most part. But it, it's you're allowed. And it can be cool and fun. And they fucking cut it out without asking me. <gasps> and, they didn't even give me notes. They weren't like, we're going to tweak that. They just cut it out. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. because a guy talking about sex on bustle.com is not what anyone wants, but still. <laughs> still. But it's it's so true. And it's one of the things I'm most grateful for following the pilot of The Good Wife is that they were like, no, we're not going to make Diane this way. Yeah. It, like, I think, it, I think that is the saving grace of the show. I think if they kept Diane the way she was, I'm only talking about this because I know Keen has seen this one episode, <laughs> but uh, if they kept the, her the way she was, I don't, I don't think that show survives and, and has mm -hmm. the impact that it does because it, she's just another old single white woman who's rich and bitchy and yeah. it, there's nothing to that. And instead, yeah. like, she's this complex character who has, uh, sex so mm -hmm. she's you know i i really appreciated that yeah that switch yeah there's a lot of erasure that you don't realize until like you watch because there's there'd be moments where people would start to kiss and i'm like are they gonna show them kissing mm -hmm. <laughs> and they would and they straight up like remember when uh uh, uh, Maya's dad, Henry, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he was like straight up like making out with Lenore, I was like, oh snap, they showed that. So it just made me realize like, oh, like I, at least I'm watching shows where they totally edit or erase mm -hmm. love and sexuality and attraction and all that stuff when you reach a particular age, which, oh no, honey, not it's not going to be me. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my more off the beaten path uh, winners, I uh, wasn't going to be my my main winner, uh, is the process server who got yeah yeah banked a lot yep. of cash this season? Uh, still nameless, as far as I can tell. But uh, dude, his his part got beefed up a little bit. We learned that he spoke Italian, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and how much he gets per uh, per serving, per serve, <laughs> uh, per, per subpoena. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he's a, he's a side winner. Can I can I nominate uh kind of similar to like uh like NBA award? Can I nominate like a sixth man? Like because in the NBA, the sixth man he doesn't start, but mm -hmm. he does enough for the team that he gets noticed uh at the end of the year. Um, and if there is like a sixth man or sixth person, I gotta give that to Luca. Uh, because mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. the character is so one good to see on TV, a young black intelligent uh woman um not necessarily dominating but has the capability to dominate her field um 
and makes no bones about it. Like she will mm-hmm. like embarrass you and then tell you about it and then laugh about it in your face. Um, she lost points with me with the whole column thing. So that's why she's not in the starting lineup right now. Uh, but definitely like uh, like honorable mention, I guess you could say for uh, for Luca. Yeah. Still shows up to practice when she's not playing. So, yep, exactly. She's, a, she's great. Uh, she was why uh, backup winner in the event that someone had taken Elsbeth as well. Uh, but very easily, uh, for all the reasons just stated, could have been top tier. Yeah. She, I will say though, she, every time she makes a friend, something really comes between it. Like, yeah. She, she like is finally connecting like with Maya and being like, oh, maybe I have a friend to hang out with. And also, I did love, I know I wasn't here the, the previous time, but how all of a the sudden they're like good enough friends where it's like, come over for dinner tonight. Like, not even a question. It's like, we're, mm-hmm. we're this close and I'm just commanding it. Mm-hmm. But it's like she gets 30 minutes to have a friend, if that. And, and mm-hmm. then her friend gets taken away again. So poor Luca. Yeah, and CBS wouldn't pay for her old friend to come back and visit. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I actually had Alicia as a kind of side winner as well, because for the fact that she wasn't there, mm-hmm. still kind of hung over the series, uh, the first season, in a couple different ways. Yeah. This, yeah. this is the same logic I was going to use for my secondary loser of Carrie Agos, who <laughs> yeah. is the most yeah. important good wife character that doesn't even get a mention or an acknowledgement mm-hmm. in the entirety of the season. And mm-hmm. spoiler, the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. Oh, poor Carrie Agos. He was great. Uh, He's the resident other, now. He's fine. Any other yeah. sides? Oh gosh, um, I'm just. I mean, I know I've I've used him a couple times for my losers, but Uncle Jacks can is like just like is like a mm-hmm. loser, like like a bully calling another kid a loser is how I'm calling yeah. Uncle Jacks a loser. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just I don't know. Yeah, total dumb dumb. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I'm I'm out on him. Okay, I think and his uh, feet and his hair. <laughs> for loser i think there's also it would be a worthy to mention julius i think yeah who for you sure. know everyone asks like hey this is a safe place if you did vote for trump we're gonna use you and then he said it and they used him and you know that's all he is now you know when people look at him that's what they're seeing and julius didn't ask for that he was he was a hard-working lawyer i disagree with them ah. <laughs> <laughs> um Maya's the obvious loser Oh, yeah. So, but we don't have to go into that. It's just way too depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Whiplash right. from how often it was like, she's in the clear. <laughs> she's she's mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Every week, week to week. Okay. Uh, then that will take us into our second half of this episode. The Reddick, Bozeman, and Colstad present the, in my opinion, Stone Cold Locks for season two of The Good Fight. So here's the deal. New viewers, me, uh, Keen, and Tia will go around Robin style, giving our top three predictions uh, one at a time, present them to Jack and Molly for evaluation mm-hmm. and, and discussion amongst us all. Jack and Molly have the power to award points uh, from one to 10. One being the, this is very easily going to happen. 10 being, this is pretty difficult. I don't see this happening, but here are your points for it. Uh, so one easy, 10 most difficult. Uh, Keen who is very new to the good verse, they also have the power to award Keen uh, buffer points 
mm-hmm. bonus points, if you will. Uh, they decide what those amounts are. So the best possible score is 30 if Keen doesn't get any <laughs> any bonus points <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, so there's, there's that. Uh, oh, and these predictions can be about anything at all. They can be something in-world, out of the world, about one of the actors. Uh, and, of course, mm-hmm. this is the honor system that nobody has looked anything up. No one has gone through Wikipedia entries and all of that. Uh, it can be jokey. It can be anything and everything is on the table for, for the game. Now, the, the last thing that I'll mention is that once your points are awarded, you can make your case. Those, you can make a quick plea uh, for, for more points if you feel that you're being shortchanged. Um, but ultimately, it is Jack and Molly's, Molly's decision. Okay? Okay. All right. Uh, so we are going to begin the game. Uh, Tia, you are up first with your first Stone Cold Lock. Okay. All right. My first Stone Cold Lock, a.k.a. Prediction, is mm-hmm. that somebody in season two going to save somebody's life. Now, it could be Colin saving Luca's life or Marissa saving Jay's life because Marissa would save Jay's life because of the whole white savior complex she has. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I feel like somebody going to save somebody's life. I did not forget that the gun is still at the law firm. Or they could just <laughs> save somebody's life by stepping in and using their privilege for good. It could be any type of thing. And mm-hmm. that is my lock. Well, the first thing I would say to you is that you are playing very smart in not naming any names whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> because when mm-hmm. I we would do this for other podcasts, I would be like, so-and-so save so-and-so, and here's the situation. <laughs> 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 and I'd be wrong. Uh, I wouldn't get any points. So, yeah, the, the vagueness with which you have played um, may serve you well. We, we, shall, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keen, anything to add on this First prediction. On that first prediction, um, I like it a lot, um, especially when it comes to like a drama series. Um, if there was like a comedy, it'd be a whole gag reel of situations and a whole montage of the other one trying to save the other one's life and trying to for payback or whatever. But I do, I do like that, and I agree with it. I think something like that has a possibility of happening in season two. Can I ask a clar- clarifying question? Of course. Um, so you're saying by saving someone's life, like literally, if the other person is not there, they will die. Or like or slapping like, someone's yeah. cigarette out of their hand. So like, ah, I'm that's trying to decide my scoring. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So Tate, um, be careful how you answer this. So the way when I said the lock, I just mean that this per- if it wasn't for this person's actions and mm-hmm. it could either be their direct action or it could even be something like a phone call or them like looking in a window uh, or something it could be anything but th- they have to do some type of action that would save that person's life so it could okay. be like direct like okay. put away that poisoned hot dog or it could be i'm making a phone call and now you're so yeah, they have that person has to do something that will save them their life, but it could be okay. direct or indirect. Okay, thank you. All right. I I Molly, if you're okay with me going first, I think I have my score for this. Uh yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six. I'll take uh, it. It's in the middle because it is a very vague prediction. 
But uh, I, I think you've read it very well that in The Good Wife and The Good Fight, although the characters, due to their status, are always very removed from violence, uh, it makes no bones about the fact that this show takes place in an inherently very violent world. And there are a few times in the history of the show that violence impedes. So I think it's a, a well-informed prediction that violence, especially in the first season when the writers know from the beginning of the writing process that Trump is president, I think that's mm-hmm. a very well-informed prediction. Mm. Thank you, Josh. But still like rare for this show. So it's not like an easy lock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then uh, okay. up is Molly, who via text when informed of this layouts of this uh, format said that she aimed to be tough but fair (laughs) (laughs) yes so i i don't i don't want to be the exact same as jack although i do think that's a very fair score and so now i'm I'm like well a seven would be rather high on this so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a a five because i do feel like Mm. which i know is right in the middle but i also feel like this is a a perfectly in the middle prediction of like very likely that it could happen because there are a lot of factors that are unnamed about it but also you know that's that's never guaranteed in a show like this especially like an office-based show it's like Mm -hmm. for the most part and you're in a law firm you know it's not it's not a guarantee so i'm going right down the middle for this one especially because in in the good wife uh, if i'm correct there's only one season where there is a major sort of act of violence that occurs against the main cast member if i'm correct so yeah it's not a shoe in for a show like it's not it's not like we're talking sopranos like i think someone's gonna get hurt it's like yeah (laughs) you're watching a mob show no it's 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 a fairly down-to-earth legal show so yeah i think it's a very good prediction Okay, so Tia, for your first lock, that is an average of 5.5. Okay, I can I make a request? Sure. Because I'm an eight on the Enneagram and I'm also super sensitive. Um, I would request that Molly and Jack use the same logic that they gave my score and apply it to every <laughs> oh, absolutely. lock moving forward. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. That is sure. true. I was thinking that. I was like, oh, should we hear all? Once you said. But. Mm-hmm. No, we're gonna. We got it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, just make it show. You got it. I went, I went, you know how? What is what is that thing called? Like the curve or something? Like whoever the goes first. Yeah, is that the curve? Okay. Is it? I yeah. I don't know. Okay, somebody's curve. curve. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes if you go first, yeah. depending on how the score Absolutely. goes. So yeah, because anyway. we haven't established the full scale. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's why I would never want to go first on chopped. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keen. Uh, if it if it pleases your honors, O'Keefe and Scullion, um, I would like to present you uh, my first Stone Cold Lock of being uh, not vague uh, like my associate uh, Tia Kemp has. I will be very direct and definitive of my first lock. I believe finally Barbara and Diane will have it out. Mm. How exactly will it turn to fisticuffs? Will they be throwing jewelry at each other? Or possibly they'll be chit-chatting with each other after maybe a case or something, and they're sipping their their brown liquors, and Diane says something a little snide that she doesn't believe to be, and then Barbara takes a step back and thinks, you know what, that's about it, and then just goes off. Um your honors, uh, that is my first uh, Stone Cold Lock. 
not sure if it's going to turn into to fisticuffs, but I do believe alcohol will be involved because um, that is the truth juice, as all of us know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is my first lock. Uh, the only thing I would say is the specificity with which you laid that out and all of the very, very many possibilities <laughs> in which it could mm-hmm. uh, happen is uh, finding, I guess, maybe the sweet spot between the vagueness mm-hmm. and the specificity. And I can see and it happening. So I think I'm going to give that one a four because I think you're headed in a right direction but I can't really see the groundwork for what would contribute to Barbara being the person to initiate things in in the the examples you gave were like very loud, not so proper, but very openly confrontational. Uh, And I do not see the groundwork for that from Barbara. And granted that might be groundwork that gets laid in season two, if that comes to pass. But right now, I I feel like if Barbara's got anything planned, it would be a little more, you know, Barbara's going to play the game. She knows how to play the game. You don't get to the level she's at if you didn't play the game. I'm going to I'm going to give this one a a six on mine. And the the reason for that is is somewhat similar to Jackson that, like, I don't think we've seen a ton of this from Barbara indicating that she would be volatile or respond. emotionally um you know and i think that's so i think that risk factor is what's keeping me up on the score Mm -hmm. as well as the specificity of it but i do hear what jack is saying and that's where i'm docking points is like yeah but is it is it too risky where we haven't seen enough to know that 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 could be a possibility so Mm -hmm. it's another six keen that is a average of five do you want to make a case for more the only thing that uh, the only thing I would probably say to strengthen my case a little bit more is if someone told me is the second season that 10 episodes or 12 episodes? 12. 12. So we got more room to breathe then, correct? <laughs> mm-hmm. And to so start. we have more we have more runway for something to take off. Am I right? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm just saying, I think that there's uh, plenty of groundwork that can be laid, can be made for my prediction to be cool in the shade. Right. But these predictions are not related to episodes of a show that none of us have watched yet. Uh... You know? <laughs> like I will to, to give an example, a, a brief spoiler, just I've, I've been watching The Sopranos and there is a character that's been there the whole time. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this character is gay, and that's like a major plot line. Uh, but if I, I could watch season two, that show and be like, you know, this character on the sidelines, we have three seasons. Maybe they're going to make him gay. I don't know if that constitutes a prediction. <laughs> you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack's tough. I'm tough. I'm tough, baby. Tough. Uh, all right, Keen, then your Diane and Barb have it out. Stone Cold Lock sits at a five. All right, mm-hmm. that brings us to me, my first Stone Cold Lock. We will go with Colin Sweeney gets an ambassadorship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you take this one first because I'm still I'm still forming the rubric for this one in my head. 
Yeah. Oh wow, this is a this is a tricky one to grade because they're they're it it's it's risky in that it's it's a minor character guest spot essentially right mm-hmm. now, but who has been visited quite a bit. So it's like it's risky in that like are we even gonna be dealing in Colin right. Sweeney? But also given the climate, the political climate, it makes a lot of sense that they mm-hmm. would play with it. So I'm 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 going I'm teetering on my scoring um mm, i'm i'm gonna i'll give it i'll hmm, colin sweeney gets an ambassadorship you know what here's i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a with a four are we being too harsh? I hope not. No, not at all. <laughs> if we're being this harsh to everyone, then it's not harsh. It's just you got <laughs> shitty judges. I'm only saying that because I think because he literally says that he's up for an ambassadorship. Yeah. And talks <laughs> about it. That it that it feels less specific in that way. That it's that it's truly setting the mm. groundwork that if it does happen, it's like, oh, okay, we could have seen that coming. Right. But mm. if it doesn't happen, it's it's I understand why it doesn't too. That's where I'm sitting. Yeah, I I would have to agree with that. I, I'm going to bump it up a little bit more than what I had it is. I'm going to give it a five uh, just because he does call it out. But hey, I like that you're bringing in just a reading of the political climate the show is moving into. And I mean, just reading, I mean, we've, this season especially sets you up to think about guest stars that are returning more than establishing a lot of new the only really new like recurring client that they establish this season uh, or, or just recurring face, it feels like is, um, uh, God, we can never, I can never remember the guy's name, but the John Cameron Mitchell, the conservative guy. Felix Staples. Felix Staples. There we go. Uh, you know, they bring back Tassioni, they bring back Consum, they bring back a lot of old judges. So I think, but then I'm seeing, I'm, I'm talking myself lower. Someone's got to stop me. Uh, I think this is <laughs> because Michael, I think it is putting faith in the show that it will continue on a more interesting direction for Colin Sweeney. Cool. Uh, I will not make a case for more uh, mm-hmm. because it's more than I thought I was going to get. Um, I <laughs> no it's... suckers. It, it, no, no, no. It was the uh, it was it was by a hair by mm-hmm. a hair really. Uh, I think that both of you played or, or got exactly why I would go with, with, with that for sure. Not much to say. Uh, so under our uh, snaking system, I go again, then we go back around. Uh, so I'm going to go with my number two stone cold lock. Uh, and that is Barb leaves the practice by the credits rolling on season two. Hmm. See, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> I I have a score. I don't know if Molly, do you, are you still thinking this? Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Josh. I'm gonna well let me ask one clarifying question. You're saying just leaves the firm. Do you have any reasoning or for what reason she leaves the firm? Just that she I'm, leaves the firm. I'm going to leave it as just just that. I don't want to give any further okay. uh, uh nuggets in there. I'm going to give that a seven uh, because that feels like, you know, 
guessing that a, a main character is going to leave a show, a character we've spent, you know, 10 episodes with, I, I think is a risky call. Uh, but I also think that the groundwork is absolutely there. I think you probably could have gotten this to a nine or 10 if you went into specifics. Um, or like, or if you'd, if you'd like made a guess as to like what reasoning would be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it stands right now, I, I think that is a risky but interesting guess that there is a foundation for. So I'm going to give that a seven. Okay. Molly. Tough um, I'm going to give it, um, Tough but Fair is coming in with a five Ooh. on this one. Um, because I think Barbara seems so sad at, and alone <laughs> at the end of the season. It's like the mm-hmm. only thing that really is reasoning for her to stay at this point in the season is that she's she technically that actress is a main character. Like, you know, Spot mm-hmm. has this, like, you know, like almost like a contractual obligation on the production side, it seems like, you know? So I think at, at the end of season one, that's how I felt about it. So that's that's why I'm sitting sitting at a five. Um, mm. But I do, but I do think there's risk involved because it is a main character, and, and mm. that would be a big yeah. a big shift okay. um, to sort of take out that that dynamic um, mm-hmm. with Diane too, because that has played such a role. In yeah, season. and that brings it to so. a average of six. Uh, that is locked in. So I will say my reasoning, uh, and that is that uh, Adrian and Barb uh, have a falling out. He continues to do things without fully checking with people, uh, and uh, it just leads her to not feel appreciated, uh, not feel as much of a partner, and um, possibly even getting poached by Andrew Hart. Mm. I would have gotten an eight or nine from me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would have bumped that up. Uh, Like I said, I've gotten in trouble with getting too specific. Uh, (laughs) Backwards is Keen. So I just really went through a whole thing of psychoanalysis. analysis. I don't want to say the word right. Uh, Analyzing, because I psyched myself out of three different locks. Because my initial one was uh, a new character will be introduced and I will love that character more than any other character, but I <laughs> talk myself moment. out of, it. but I talk myself out of it because I could just, I think you would think that if whoever new comes up, like, oh, I love that person. See, but I was right. So that's too much on me. Mm-hmm. So no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one was gonna be. Um, my next one is, is too linked to what Mike just said, so I don't want to use that just yet. Um, so I'm gonna damn the torpedoes once again. Okay. Not as specific, but I think somebody's gonna get caught stooping or fucking in mm-hmm. the uh, in the conference room. And you're just going to keep that at someone? <clears throat> Two characters in, in in the world. Two characters at that firm. That we already know. Call, that we already know. are going to get called. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So, okay. I'm going to give, I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one 
an eight. And here's why. <laughs> yeah, please explain. Because <gasps> if I think, okay, let us consider for the people who are at the firm right now, the possible pairings that Keen is implying. Uh, so in this possible scenario, we have Maya hooking up with either Luca or Marissa, I guess, if we learn more <laughs> about those two. We have, what, do we think Christine and Julian are going to hook up <laughs> in the conference room? Uh, I think if there's any pairing of people that are already at that law firm, that based on conversations here, it feels like one might be expecting to hook up, it is uh, Diane and um, Bozeman. And I, this was that they get caught doing it, right? Yeah. Okay. And I think I think the caught is what's also bumping up the points because if it's it just involves two, another person, yeah. Well, I was saying because <laughs> if it's just two people hooking up in the office, that's like yeah, it's a legal show full of hot people. That's going to happen. Yeah. But if someone gets caught, knowing this show's love of the minutia of running a law firm we're going to have to bring in some kind of outside party. It's going to be a whole to do. Uh, so, but the more I think about the unlikelihood of any inter-office pairing, <laughs> I'm talking myself down and I think I'm going to, I'm going to knock this down to a six Ooh, just man, because the more I talk, just because I cannot imagine who of the characters we're already familiar with. Now, wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Up in the office. I'll wait, I'll wait till my rebuttal. Go ahead. Molly? Oh, I, I had already written down on my little notes here a six for this. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with that. Um, okay. Uh, for the same exact reasons is that right now I don't, I don't see anyone, even though there is some some sexual tension in the air mm -hmm. in, in multiple places. I just don't see anyone um, succumbing to it so much to let their, their guard down enough yeah. to then possibly get caught yeah. at this point. In time. The only person, the only character I can imagine doing that would be Marissa. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know if there is anyone else at the office who a, she has the chemistry with that would be willing to take that risk as well. Yeah. As Keen has pointed out, though, we got a, a long runway. <laughs> Stop it, Mike. I'll lose more points. Um, <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say was now you you asked, is it people we know? And I said, yes, we already know this, these characters. And I'm not sure if I clearly said it's only characters that's in that office. Hmm. Because a, a certain idea was brought up a few episodes ago that a certain... Um, mm -hmm. I know where you're going. Yep, 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 yep. A certain uh, rich boy that we didn't know was rich could possibly quit his job as mm. um, as a lawyer for the government. I don't know the official name of it. I'm going to keep it at oh. that. And possibly join that firm mm -hmm. who's had uh, a little hanky-panky with uh, someone there. <laughs> And they've always, they've almost did it a few times in a closet. So just saying. Yeah. Well, did you, you, and let's, I want to also clarify another thing then, because I, I'm thinking about changing my score. 
But mm-hmm. I want to clarify, you specifically a conference room or just in the, the conference room. You yeah, spent about the conference room. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Because if we're going, if we're going that route, which was my only, which was what I was thinking about is Lucas getting a bigger office. Yeah. What's she doing in a conference room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say she's probably got a bathroom in her new office. Yeah, probably she's blinds set. too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm sticking with six. All right, then Keen. But I like it. number two. Someone fucks in the conference room and gets caught. Number six. Number six. You're at a six. <laughs> All right, uh, Tia. They could also get caught making love. I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it may be very heartfelt. <laughs> um, okay. My second lock. Maya goes to jail and mm. makes a jail friend a la uh, Morgan Freeman to her Tim Robbins. Mm. Like Shawshank Redemption. I'm not saying they'll be as close as Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. I forget the characters' names in Shawshank Redemption. Red. But she go, who? Red. Red and, and, red and yeah, okay. Now I ain't saying they're gonna be that close, and you know, uh, but uh, she gonna go to jail and she gonna make a homie. Mm-hmm. She gonna make a little friend, and that, that's that's that is basically my lock. I'm gonna stop talking. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> please, please vote. I just wanted to give you an example of what the you know, but that is not the level of depth. I think the friendship will be just a friendship. Mm-hmm. Does she break out of the you- prison? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna have a little spoon that she, <laughs> she, she behind an, a uh, Bernie Madoff poster. Gonna oh, I was gonna say just a giant poster of Amy. Yeah. <laughs> Is um, she going to um get busy living or get busy dying? <laughs> <laughs> Carbon uh Maya was here. I mean, if, ah, you if, took my joke. If, if the warden <laughs> needs some shady financial assistance, you got a Rendell in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yep. All right. I have my score. Okay. I have my score. You go first. Oh, wow. That was fast. Okay. Yeah. A 10. <laughs> yeah, no, nine. I was going to go nine. I, oh I love this prediction. Um, just because it, so it absolutely fits. Uh, this is like absolutely the type of thing the good fight would explore. It's something that they kind of did in like mm-hmm. early season six of The Good Wife, but didn't. it was very, didn't feel as nuanced as the show can get. Uh, so I think taking this opportunity and taking the like the most uh, uh, um, maybe not one of the most obvious symbols of privilege in this show and putting them in the prison uh, environment and like letting it rest with it. especially because Maya I feel like has so little of a storyline outside of her family in that first season. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that isolation is absolutely something the ca- we that we can tell as viewers the character needs both for the character's development and for our interest. Uh, and it allows us to take a look at the opposite part of society as the law firm. So yeah, great, great prediction. Yeah. I love it. I, yes. And I think I, as I tried to take my bias of just liking that prediction so much out of it and look at it from, from, from the uh, sort of more analytical perspective. And I, I agree. I just think it's, it's very, possible but doesn't seem guaranteed to me at all and it's very fitting of what the good fight has given us so far is that like 
if anything, we know that Robert and Michelle King, if, if something's not really working or doesn't land, they, mm-hmm. they're going to change it. And I think that's what could happen with Maya here is I don't think she ever totally lands anywhere specific. And it's like, okay, well, let's completely switch around. And I think this yeah. would be a great way to do it. So I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's a good prediction. And it comes in at our highest so far mm. at an average of 9.5. Tia, do you want to argue for that half point? I just want to say to Jack and Molly, thank you, because because I am also uh, I'm also a part of the eavesdropping for Killing Eve podcast. And Mm -hmm. my I I have a history of getting some really bad ratings and getting really in my feelings about Mm. getting low ratings. (laughs) So I just I just feel really honored that you gave me a high high score just now. So thank you. Thank you both. All right. Tia, uh, you are back up with your third <clears throat> and final lock. Yeah, I kind of wish um, I could end there because that was such a high. <laughs> My third and final lock mm-hmm. is that they, the show will introduce another love interest for Colin. Yeah, from Luca and Colin. They are going to introduce another love interest. My rationale for that is uh-huh. earlier, homeboy mentioned the whole, ah, he's running for governor. He's going to be the mayor. He needs a wife by his side. I do not see that being Luca. So I can see, you know, because they're kind of on the fringe, there being some type of hookup or an old girlfriend from college or law school who shows up and kind of gives not gives Luca a run for her money because nobody can do that, but just kind of mm-hmm. there's like this tension because it's like, oh, he's dating someone else now. What do I do? So I think they're going to introduce another love interest for Colin and kind of stir things up there. Hmm. I'm going to, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll give this a, a seven. Whoa. Oh, um, okay. I'll take it. Yeah, I think, I think because it would be an interesting move to like really explore because I've always, it seems like it's a very Luca focused thing. Right. And if, and if Colin is no longer relevant to Luca, then why would we worry about it? But -hmm. I think it's interesting to think that, that this could continue and become more of a dynamic um, to explore Luca through with Colin in another relationship um, that -hmm. I think could be likely, but yeah, definitely not a guarantee. So. And we are talking to you, if I can ask, uh, <laughs> something that becomes a little bit more substantial, yes? Not somebody who's in for an episode and, and pops back out? Oh, heck no. Okay. And and when I, I guess in this, in the context of the show, I mean, minimum two episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not like a, this is just a one episode thing and I'm out. Because even the personal right. trainer had two episodes. So this yeah. person definitely gonna have at least two. Yeah. What if it's an episode that explores a year of time? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Does that still count? <laughs> uh, I will say I, I kind of got to go opposite of Molly on this one. I'm going to, I'm so sorry. I'm going to give this one a three. Because is it because I, of what Mike just said? <laughs> Mike, Mike it you is, came in. It is because no. it is, it is because I cannot <laughs> imagine a more boring character than Colin Morello's <laughs> new girlfriend. That's, uh, that's fair. And, and I think from what we've seen from Lucas so far, I would hope that the Kings don't sort of see this very rich character 
um, that has been crafted by the actress and by the writers and be like, ah, let's throw her into a love triangle. I think that that feels like the safest possible choice for this character on most shows. And I think something that the good wife would be actively be trying to avoid, or the good fight would be actively trying to avoid. Mm, interesting. Yeah. No, Molly, stop. Why... Molly, don't change your I'm score. Not, I'm not changing my score, <laughs> but I will say that's, that's one of the things that I always, that always gets me about this show is that like, I, you know, that I think they can turn things on their head that are <clears throat> sort of seemingly basic or, mm-hmm. or trite. So I think that's why that's, that's fair. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. But I get where yeah. you're coming from. It makes, yeah. yeah. And this world certainly isn't above a good love triangle. I mean, hell for like right. most of the good wife, you're looking at that Alicia, Will and Peter thing. Very but I just true. think and if they were to repeat any Alicia plots, I feel like we've already had it pretty well established that Maya is sort of the newest take on like Alicia related stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think if there was any love triangle coming, they would. I think if there was a love triangle coming for Luca, it would not be Luca who has competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Yeah. Again, I, I think, I think your guess was a little off something. I would have given a few more points, but I just can't imagine how the show would try to sell Colin Morello's new girlfriend as like an interesting character. What if she worked at the law firm and they got caught in the conference room? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Barbara quit. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm. All right. Uh, All right. So Tia. What? For your combined <laughs> three locks, you have a total potential score of 20. Really? Yeah. Uh, 5.5, 5, 9.55. 5. All right. <clears throat> okay. That Thank takes you. Takes us back to, back to Keen. Your honors, uh, I presented something in very much detail that didn't work. Uh, I presented something very vague that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with something that I think just further solidifies a character and an actor of being a stone cold motherfucker, uh, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, I'm going to predict that not only Hart, but Julius will try to bring down Bozeman, Mm. but it doesn't work. Because he's Teflon. There you go. So you're talking about some like legal warfare. Legal warfare, because they're they're too they're too they're too uh, to use uh, something my grandmother would say too high sedity to mm. take it to fisticuffs. So definitely something uh, not similar to to what Reddick did, but Reddick was more gimme 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 what's mine back. Mm-hmm. This is more we don't like you. We're going to knock you down a few pegs, but it's not going to work because it's tough. Yeah. I, I got a score for that, Molly. Do you have a score you for that? You start. You start. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give that an eight. 
uh, because I think something that we lose that was sort of a, a tentpole or something we were taught to expect in The Good Wife. So even, I, I think maybe I'm going to give you a one buffer point in here is that with Colin Morello quitting his job or leaving his job, we do not have a recurring courtroom antagonist. And that was something that, you know, for two seasons of The Good Wife, you had uh, Carrie Agos working as an AUSA serving that purpose. Uh, There's a little split halfway through The Good Wife where you got, you know, friends against friends type of thing. And I I think that's the kind of thing the show likes so that we care about whoever is on the other side of the courtroom. Uh, And I think... Adrian has already proven that he can get very creative with the law in a way that benefits him and his clients. And I think having two people who know him that are from the same uh, sort of like status place as him uh, is both an interesting challenge and I think invites some very interesting dramatic questions and conversations. Mm. Um, And are we saying that it's just an attempt and we don't know the results or that they successfully take successful. It. It, it sounds weird. I, I say they, they attempted, but it's unsuccessful because he's okay. Teflon. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't stick. Got it. Got it. Right. 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 That's yeah. Thank you. Right. And just because it doesn't succeed, doesn't mean it won't hurt, you yeah. know, which yeah, I think yeah. is something this show loves, this world loves to do is like, like have a character survive something, but they're a little lesser yeah. for it. And they got to make it up somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give the, I'll give that a, a seven. Um, because I think there are a lot of other options for potential new like courtroom antagonists. Mm. And and right now it does feel like Andrew Hart's work is 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 in the realm, but like not overlapping enough. Like it seems more likely, you know, at this point that maybe like a, a Mike Cristiva would return with some other angle or like, you know, the more governmental aspect would come mm. in. So I think I think that's yeah. I'm gonna go with the seven. Keen, do you want to make any arguments? <laughs> All right, then Keen for your uh, well, that is an average of seven point five, and for a total average of your three locks is a potential score of eighteen point five. Not bad. Not I'm, bad. Not, I'm not upset with that. Eighteen is my favorite number. Very weird, <laughs> but it is. Uh, that brings us to me for my third and final lock of the season. And I'm going to go with, and this is kind of related to someone's more vague lock, I I believe. Uh, and that is that Jay has to break the law to get Marissa out of a jam that puts himself in hot water. Mm. Mm. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tough but fair. Tough yeah. but fair. <laughs> Gets Marissa out of a jam, puts himself in hot water. Okay. This is a hard one. This is a tough one, yeah. <laughs> is it uh, tough because it happens, you guys? Straight faces. <laughs> Keep those faces strong. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to decide if I believe after everything we've seen in season one if Jay feels that sort of kinship with, if, if, if he considers Marissa as under his wing, well, just or, or, or if they're on the track. 
the bar from Keen. This this can happen in the Could happen, 12th, yeah. 12th episode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time for that that plane. A lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of time. I think I'm gonna give this a seven because I think we are on track to see like a kinship between Jay and Marissa, but I think it also invites and I I have not been quiet about my interest in the, the, the possibilities of the Marissa plotline. And I think that activates a really interesting dramatic question of, you know, that they are friends, they are friendly, you know, that Jay finds something in Marissa that is appealing to him as, you know, someone to, you know, train to help out. But how willing is he to put his well-being at risk for someone like Marissa who seemingly has a million safety nets Yeah, when he does not? You know, and so I think, yeah, I, 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 I want to give this a seven. Okay. Molly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I know my, my third round here has been consistent, but I, I, I'm going to have to agree with the seven on this because I think it would be a really interesting dynamic to, or, or, or situation to explore. Cause I think Marissa is not afraid to like, just be like, well, I'll just go and do it. I'll just go and do it. And I, I don't feel like it bites her in the ass a lot. And I, I think it it would be interesting to see that happen and see her um, needing that help. And then, the yeah, how it plays out with Jay all of a sudden being in hot water as a result. So I like it. I like it. And it feels very, very possible while being specific. Okay. Thank you both. Uh, I will hold at the average of seven and seven at a seven. And for my three locks, the total combined potential score is 17.5, uh, which I will, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. Uh, and that is it. So what we're gonna do now and for the rest of season two is we'll keep track on track of these. Uh, if anything comes up that is close or that Keen, myself or um, Tia want to argue that something came close, they can make their case within the episode that this did happen, or we can kind of like, it's it's going to happen. We'll have those kind of discussions. And if anybody is listening and wants to send in your uh, three locks for season two, if you haven't, you know, don't be actually, if you haven't, if you only, if you haven't seen it, don't be tweeting me a whole bunch of shitty spoilers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that'll be the worst. Uh, but if you have not seen season two and you happen to be watching along with us, uh, then tweet at us uh, at X roads comedy or email us hello at xroadscomedy.com. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, T. Or if you're Robert and Michelle King, and I know you're listening, and you <laughs> yeah. love those ideas, and you're like, oh, we should have done that, we have <laughs> specs on ready to go. We got pilots have, ready for you. I'll have something done within two days. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big time listeners, the Kings. Thanks so much for your... Um, for your patronage. All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Tia. Thank you, Keen, for playing along with me. Thank you, Jack and Molly, for being tough, but fair judges, I would say. Thank you for your service, and thank you all for listening. We'll be back to discuss season two very soon. Bye.